From the heart of Rune Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Well, guys, it only took three years, a couple thousand hours, and it cost me my sanity, but I finally got to Diamond. Oh my god, it feels so good. Finally! After all this time, I have something to show for it. That is a good feeling. Anyways, with this episode, I will be talking a little bit about some of the mental blocks that I had to get over to get to Diamond, how I overcame them, and how I think it can help other people with that. And I'll also be talking a little bit about one of my favorite topics, which is champion design and really what's fun to play as versus what's fun to play against. So as I mentioned, I am finally diamond. It feels good. (laughs) It's nice to know that I didn't waste all that time and I got it before the end of the season, which was my my goal was to get diamond before the end of season five. But anyways, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about my situation right before I got to Diamond. So what was going through my head, all that sort of stuff. So basically I was Platinum 1 and then as you guys probably know because I've mentioned it a couple times, I went 2-3 and in Diamond promos and then went on a big losing streak. Then I won a couple more games and then I went on a big losing streak. Eventually I fell down to Plat 2, 19 LP, which was incredibly discouraging after I was that close. So some of my lower ELO friends like to spectate me. One of them is Gold5, and he's the guy that watches a lot of LCS. Shoutouts to Noah the Pretzel. Anyways, so he always spectates my games, and, you know, this used to irritate the hell out of me, but after a while I saw its value. Like, I would complain about, you know, how trash my AD carry was last game, And then he'd just give me advice on, well, you should have done this differently, and you should have done this differently. And usually when you just want to rant about your teams and that's why you lost, it gets pretty annoying. Like, just listen to me. I don't want to get advice. I just want to be angry. (laughs) But he kept giving me advice, kept annoying me, until finally one day he said something of value. And he told me that the reason that all my lanes would usually lose in the game in any given game, it felt like my lanes lost every single time when I was jungling as Yi. And he told me it was because I didn't have any jungle pressure. And at first, I mean, I could see what he was saying, but I'm like, well, they just need to play safer because they know they won't have a jungler because I'm playing Master Yi. And he kept at it and he kept saying, no, you need to have jungle pressure no matter who you're playing. Like, he watches a lot of Santorin or whatever, and he said that what we did was very different from each other, which. I guess I'm not a high challenger, LCS level, jungle, master, Yi main yet. Yet. So he could really pick out the differences between our playstyles, and we argued back and forth for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and eventually I kind of came over to his point of view of I need to adjust my playstyle a little bit because I had a very specific jungle route in mind, and I would go, I'd start a camp, Whichever camp was bot side, then buff, other camp, other camp, buff, other camp. And I'd try to take the scuttle crabs if I could. But he sort of 
said, no, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect your lanes to win. You can't just farm up to Devourer and then start ganking because those early minutes of the game, like minutes three through eight, can be really important in deciding how the game is going to go. So I took what he said to heart and I really focused more on just backing early and then looking for more gank opportunities rather than just having this mentality of AFK farm and then solo carry. So after I did that, I was at plat 2, like 19 LP, I think is what it was. And after I did that, I just adjusted that part of my play style and I got off tilt somewhat because I was tilting because I was pretty, pretty irritated at that point that I'd lost that many games in a row. But so I got off my tilt and I adjusted my play style slightly, just adjusted my play style for the first 10 minutes of the game or so. And I went on a winning streak. Well, it wasn't a technical winning streak, but I went like 15 and two and went straight from plat two to diamond in about two or three days of just grinding. And it really took just having someone else notice what I was doing wrong for me to be able to do that. So one of the best ways, I think, to get better, this is why coaching works so well for people, is you just need to get a second opinion. Now, I mean, Noah is a lower rank than me, but it didn't matter in this case, but I would recommend you get one of your higher, especially if you're bronze or silver, get one of your platinum, get one of your gold, get one of your diamond friends to just spectate your games and they'll tell you what you're doing wrong. And it really does help, I think. I think that's one of the best ways to get off of a bad mindset or, you know, really learn what you're doing wrong. Because, yeah, you can look at a game and if you have 60 CS in a 40-minute game as the 80 carry... You can probably say to yourself, I need to work on CSing, but it's more about the little nuances that you're doing wrong. Like maybe you're not trading in lane enough as a sort of lane bully like Riven, or you're just not roaming enough as a mid laner. It's just stuff like that in your play style that you don't really notice, not actual quantifiable things. And getting someone else to spectate you and tell you what you're doing wrong, or you can even send them replays and they can watch them with you and that also works because then there's not the uh, three minute delay of the spectator in the client so I think that just figuring out ways to change what you're doing up a little bit and this is more this isn't just when you're on a losing streak either it's just when you've plateaued because I probably plateaued at high platinum for honestly five months this season I, I was in plat one plat two that area for most of this season honestly and I just could not get to diamond and as soon as I adjusted that and really put some focus into it now I mean I'm not gonna say that going 15 and 2 isn't partially luck like I had double digit kills and I had pretty good KDAs in all the games I played except for the ones that I lost but I still had pretty good teams those games but I did hard carry a good amount of those games and I would say that I deserved to win pretty much all of them like I don't think I got straight up carried in any of them after feeding and it's just because I tweaked that one thing that was holding me back and it helped out a lot I might even keep 
seeing how high I can get this season because I feel really good right now. Like, I'm unstoppable, baby. But, um, yeah, I don't know what that was an impression of. I'm sorry. I apologize. League of Legends Radio does not condone the joke that was just made. But I'm not saying that getting someone to spectate you was the only way. Like, sometimes you just need to change stuff outside of the game. Like, one thing that some people do, I know, is they'll just stop playing their main for a while and then go play other champions and then take them into ranked because I I do know that feeling of you feel like you've plateaued with your main, at least for the time being, and you feel like you can't really improve anymore with them. You know in your head that you're not at the highest level of play with that champion, but you just feel like you're not capable of improving anymore. So just picking up other jungle champions or other mid champions for just a little while that are maybe different play styles. Like I like to play champions like Yi and Udyr are my two main champions right now, and they're pretty similar. Farm the jungle hard and then try to solo carry. And maybe if I was not having any luck with them, I would just switch over to like Sejuani and Jarvan and try to get good results with those champions because they play very differently. And then after I play them for a couple weeks, two weeks or so, three weeks, and then come back to my mains, it'll feel like a a mental block is lifted. Because really, I think that really the best way to get rid of mental blocks is to just change something up. Because you've probably heard this before, but Einstein's definition, Albert Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing multiple times and expecting different results. And that is one of my all-time favorite quotes because it's so true. You see people doing the same thing over and over again, and they keep wondering, why isn't this working? I was doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why it wasn't working. But as soon as I made that one crucial change, it helped me out immensely. And I think that the same thing can be said for a lot of lower ELO players, like one of my some of my friends who are stuck in silver i think it easily be high gold but there maybe is just that one thing that they're not doing that is keeping them out of that higher elo maybe they tilt too easily maybe they flame their team too much maybe it could be any number of things that they just need to tweak that will get them to the next ranking but yeah if you can do replays if you can get replays on your computer and uh, like what I use is replay.gg. I love it. It sends me an email of the full game right after I play it. So I can just go back and spectate it until the next patch comes out, I think. is It's something like that, and then it stops working. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but, you know, if you just want to watch it a couple days after you play the game, then it can be really helpful. Like if you wanted to, if I was playing Master Yi and I want to go and then compare myself to like Wings of Death... And uh, I'll link a good channel in the description for that kind of thing, for watching replays of pro players and stuff. But if I wanted to compare my Master Yi to Wings of Death's Master Yi and see what really he does differently than me and why he is, why he performs better than me, then I think that's also a really good way to improve if you don't have anyone to, uh, to spectate you, especially. The thing is that Challenger players do play differently, which means that the lanes also play differently. Like, challenger laners tend to play a lot. Not They don't play a lot more safe, necessarily, but they 
know more about the game so they know when to go aggressive and when to play safe as opposed to lower elos like even in low diamond people overextend all the time and do dumb stuff all the time so it's not as good for that kind of thing but if you just want to see like maybe if you're playing an assassin type champion like zed you watch and they go in to team fights much later than you like uh, that's one of the biggest things that i've learned with Master Yi is when to go into a team fight and how to approach team fights because that is one of the things with him is he can do a ton of damage but he can also get blown up in a second by any form of CC so you really have to be good at picking when to go in and that's something that I've gotten really good at and that's something that I see a lot of people who are just trying to abuse Master Yi for the free low they don't really understand as well is that he does take an amount of skill, especially with team fighting, because he is so squishy and he can get destroyed in a second and he can't just facial his keyboard, typically. I mean, there are exceptions. When you're 18 and 4, then it's pretty face roll, but regardless, it's still, you can't just walk up to four people most of the time and just win. I'd say those are my three best ways to get out of ruts are getting someone to spectate you switching up your champion pool a bit and watching pro players and comparing their games to yours So before we start this segment, I think a couple questions need to be asked first. And the first one is, what makes a champion fun to play as? And the second is, what makes a champion unfun to play against? And actually, a lot of the same things are true for both of those. Like, I would definitely say that mobility is a big one. Like, mobility instantly makes a champion super fun to play. Echo's fun to play. Leeson is fun to play. Those champions are just very enjoyable to play because of all the different stuff you can do and the freedom that their kits give you. In the same vein, it's actually... Eh, vein. Because <laughs> vein is the most unfun thing to play against in the game. Get it? <laughs> ha! I don't like vein. That same thing is oftentimes very unfun to play against. Like, every time you play against Zed and he jumps onto you, and he dashes 18 times and then gets away with a sliver of health and you just pop from the death mark. It's really frustrating because it's hard to lock him down. It's hard to know what he's going to do next because, again, his kid has so much freedom of what you want to do with it. Especially if you're an immobile mage type champion like Lux or Vigar. It can just be very frustrating to deal with Zed because they don't have a lot of tools in their kits to deal with Zed. And I would say that makes him pretty unfun to play against. I'd say another thing is lane bullying. So something like Riven. Everyone hates playing against Riven. Unless it's a bad Riven, then eh. But a good Riven in lane, or a good Darius in lane, unless you have specifically countered them, is going to be frustrating to play against because they're just the kinds of champions that if they get any kind of lead... They can just 2v1 you in the jungler and solo, well, not as much Darius as Riven, but and then just roam and just destroy every lane. 
because they got a small advantage early. Like, Riven is not incredibly strong early levels, like compared to Zin Zhao or something, but she's still very good early. And her kit is, it, I guess it uh, points out the things that make her annoying more so than other kits do for you. What I mean by that is her trading is good because of her shield that scales off of AD, and that's good at all stages of the game. And seeing her jump in and you try to trade with her, and then she just ease away, blocks all the damage, and got a little bit of free damage onto you is very frustrating because it feels like, even though you can, with certain champions, just fight her through the shield and still win trades... It just feels annoying that she can just jump in and then get out pretty much for free. And that's one thing that makes her very annoying. Cassiopeia. That champion is annoying as hell. (laughs) Why? She was a lane bully before and then Riot wanted to change her identity as a lane bully. So they made her more of a lane bully because Riot's good at reworking champions. Yeah. But really, the Cassiopeia rework was awful. And she's even more unfun to play against than she was before because at least before you couldn't really get all in at level two by Q E E E E E E E E Ignite. That wasn't as much of a, a thing as it is now. But she doesn't have the mobility, but she does have really good lane presence, and I mean she has gotten some nerfs, so she's not as strong now, but when you do see her, it's still really frustrating because of her long range and safety in lane. And the second that she lands that one hit onto you, she can capitalize on it fully. And if she doesn't get that one hit onto you, it doesn't really... She's not really punished for it. Like, she loses some mana for it, and that's it. It, It's not like a champion that has to go into melee range to fight you, and then if they screw up, they're out of a gap closer. She just stays back and stays safe regardless. I'd even argue that something like raw power is something that can be lumped in with this. So what I mean by that is a champion like Yasuo. And Yasuo has a ton of mobility, obviously. He has great utility in his wind wall. And he's sort of what is often called a ball of stats champion, which just means that he's got just random stuff all throughout his kit. Like, he's got the random shield, the doubling crit, and it sort of makes sense for him to have it, but it just feels frustrating. Like, you look at him and you're like, why does he get double crit? Why don't I have double crit? And so that can just be really frustrating to deal with. And it's also... A hell of a lot of fun to play as because if you your Malphite gets a five man ultimate and you get to press R and then just dunk everyone, that feels good. Like I got one of my first Yasuo pentakills off of this huge dunk. I got like a triple kill instantly, and then I just cleaned up the other two people, and I felt good after that. I felt good. This is back when Yasuo was completely broken, and I had just bought him, and I was just abusing him and. I still like to play, and he's a lot of fun. Again, he's a lot of fun to play. Not as much so to play against, but it 
just having these champions that are just ridiculous ball of stats with lots of raw damage makes them fun to play as for a lot of people. That's why Lee Sin has, I don't think so much anymore, but I need to check on that, is he has had one of the highest play rates in League of Legends despite being one of the hardest champions to actually perform with. Uh, Same with Yasuo, he's always had a high pick rate despite all the nerfs that he's gone through, all that sort of stuff, and Riven. And they've all been often played because of their kits that are fun, and I'm going to be honest, they're pretty salt-inducing. Because having putting something in the game just because you think it's going to be fun to play is not necessarily the best idea. Now, I think Lee Sin came out in like Season 1 or Season 2 before Riot really knew what they were doing. Like, I think he was intended to be a top laner, <laughs> even. But these new champions, and I have talked about this a little bit in one of my episodes, where I talk about all these mobile burst assassins that are coming out. This is about, I think it was episode 9 when Echo was just released, and they're just... It's not good to put things in the game just because they're fun to play, and I think that that's something that Riot is doing recently. Like... Callista, if I didn't play Master Yi, I would hate Callista a lot more, but she doesn't really have any options versus Master Yi. But that champion is so badly designed. And this is at the time when the boards were... This was in the Assassin, I think, Warrior meta, around there, when all these mobile assassins were being taken mid lane and just dumpstering everyone and in the jungle. And <laughs> everyone's complaining about mobility creep, and then they released Callista. And everyone was really not happy with that because Callista, in all honesty, should not be a thing. Even if she's at a weak state, she's incredibly frustrating to play against, which is bad. You don't want to put champions in the game that just by seeing them, the other team is going to get frustrated, unless that's sort of their point. But even if Callista is not in the strongest point, she's got that weird .9 damage thing, that made sense, question mark. She still is so unfun to play against because of her frustrating kit that she should not have been a thing in the first place. And really, I think that that's something that Riot could focus more on because Echo is, again, one of the most frustrating things in the game to me. Callista is one of the most frustrating game things in the game to me. And really, like, I think the most recent champion that they released that didn't have any form of a gap closer or dash was, like, Belkaz or something. It was, like, 2014, which is really causing these newer champions to outclass the old ones and also makes them much more frustrating to deal with. So I think that Riot could just stand to be a little bit more careful when they're considering these new champions to come out. and. Really think about, will this be fun on both sides of the spectrum to go against this champion and to play as this champion? Because I do think that there is a medium that you can hit. I don't really know where it's at, but I do think it's there. Thank you for joining me in yet another episode of Pretentious Diamond Player Radio. I appreciate you guys downloading this episode and joining me. If you enjoyed the episode, please give it a like. Please follow me on Twitter at Radio. Both of those things really do help me a lot so that I can continue to be successful with doing this. 
I would also like to give a thank you to our sponsors over at improveyourleague.com. Improveyourleague.com is the best single learning tool on the internet for League of Legends. And you can, of course, find them on the web at improveyourleague.com. Thank you guys for all the support you've given me, and I will catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flop. The floppity-flip. This has been League of Legends Radio.